Today, This American Dice presents another exciting GM advice episode. This time, the types of characters that people play at the table. What are some do's? What are some don'ts? And how can you change those up to make don'ts into do's? So let's do it. All right, welcome back to another exciting episode of This American Dice GM advice. I'm so excited. Uh, me too. My, my, I'm sitting here in a puddle because of that very excitement. Also, it's the rainy season. So, I'm Austin, and I'm joined by... David, that's me. And we... Also in a puddle. <laughs> different, yeah. different, though. It's a separate puddle. Um, Don't worry about it. Don't uh, ask questions. Yeah. So, we've talked about a lot of different topics. One topic I want to talk about Not is, enough. Let's true. keep doing these. Do you want to start now? Oh, my God. No, <laughs> the portal. Um, were, you, were you saying puddle? I was saying portal. No, um, <laughs> oh, my God. So... There are certain types of characters that people will sometimes play. Some of which I think are very bad ideas, and others which I think are pretty good, or the kind of almost uh, like things that other people could learn a lot from. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with a kind of counterexample. I have no idea what you mean, but I think all characters are great. Uh, well, characters how dare you? characters are welcome. All players are awful. I, I forget characters if it's TNT or USA that says characters welcome. Um, mm. But uh, we played a game with years years ago of... Is this recorded? It was not recorded. It was that Amber no game with James and Ida yes. and Amber her friend great. Jose. Yeah. Um, Amber was such a weird game. It was very... It was like Amber, Amber Diceless. Diceless. Yes. And I remember I played a character... Who, the most boring. Who was not a good character. This is very much a counterexample. Like Gregory or something? My character's name was Grant. Grant, that's right. Oftentimes, whenever I'm playing a character that's just supposed to be a schlub, I always name him Grant. I don't know why. Um, I've met a few. I've met very few people named Grant. None of them were bad guys. None of them were like schlubby nothings. But my character Grant was like the name I went with. Um, Definitely reused Grant before I remember that. Oh, yet. I've used Grant many times. Uh, but so, Grant, uh, the whole deal that... You're like a spoiled child that, that was didn't do deal. anything. Yeah, the game that James was, was like, running was like, all of us were um, the sons or daughters. We were all the children of... The scions. This, like, lord, this, like, king or lord of something, and but we were all children with different like mothers. Half brothers, yeah. Yes, we were all half-siblings half um, from these different noble houses. So this would be a thing of like, oh, the king has all these children, like, and each of them he's had with different noble ladies of these different houses. Right. Yeah. And so we were... It that, was like a, a weird interdimensional god. Yes. And so my character, I set this up as like, oh, well, if I'm the scion of this super wealthy, important feudal house... Um, wouldn't I be getting basically everything I want as this super important character? This is your counterexample. Yes, this I is see. the counterexample. I was like, is this the advice you want to give No, Dawson? I said counterexample several so times. Yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. So um, This was maybe the worst character you played. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this character basically has everything that they want. So they just want to keep living this way. Um, there are ways that I think you could maybe do that, but took me a long while to come up with any motivation for this character, and so in the first several sessions that we played, the character just had nothing to do because they didn't want 
anything to change. They were exactly happy with what they were doing. They figured, oh, I'm already this super spoiled, rich noble. That's awesome. Why would I not want that? Um, wait, was- you could you could en- you could engage in all these crazy cutthroat politics, and in my head, I'm like, why? I think especially in Amber Diceless, uh, so the whole kind of mechanics of that is that there's a certain number of stats. Like- David then proceeded to explain the Amber Diceless rules in way too much detail and mostly forgetting a lot of them. So we're going to pass over that. The big deal here is the motivation of the character. The character basically entirely lacked motivation. Yeah, and, so and it- the, the whole thing about Amber is you're supposed to get... I think the motivation is to get the best at all the stats, and that's why they kind of pit the players against each other. Oh. And I, you're like, I don't care about stats or anything. Right. Is there any motivation? I don't give a shit. Right. So... I got some I think that that beers. was... A, I think I'm that, on a beach. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Like, I was just like, oh, I think James even asked me, like, where would Grant want to go? It was a game about, like, interdimensional hopping, and it was like, where would he want to go? And I was like, he would just want to go to like a beach resort town and right. just hang out and be just the continued vacation that is his life as this pampered, spoiled brat. Um, and I think, and the first place like... that he brought me to, <laughs> nothing happened. Because it was like, I don't have any desire for these things to go on because they... I don't, I don't need it to. I, I have all the stuff that I want. The character didn't have a motivation. It took me a while with that character to realize some type of motivation that was there. And um, the reason it's such a counterexample is there were essentially like four or five of these game sessions. Eh, maybe maybe, maybe three at the, at the least. But where I wasn't doing anything. I was right. playing this game and kind of being like, I don't know if I really like this game that much. I'm not really that into the story. And it was in part because I wasn't engaged in it with the player that I had created. I created this player who didn't need to engage in it. And so what we're going to talk about today is, like I said, types of characters that work and types of characters that don't. That's such a sweet intro. <laughs> Thank, thank you. So, I the first the first thing that I I would bring up is your character needs to have your a character motivation, a drive, a, a, some kind of drive. You I think need, this is what I kept talking to you during the Amber game. I'm yes, like, Austin, get a drive, get a motivation, just anything. Let me start even before that though. Yeah. Let me let me let when me start was, when I was a baby. Yeah. When, I wanted to walk. Yeah. Let me let me tell you the tales of a sperm. Um, <laughs> There I was, a sperm and an egg, two places. Fair Verona. No, um, <laughs> so this is a weird version of uh, Romeo and Juliet. Um, Romeo and Zuli- Juliet, zygote edition. Um, interest in the quest. You need to have a character, I think, who is going to participate in what's going on. Um, I mean, that to. to take it off the players a little bit um very important to have a zero session you know or even like a like a like a set aside like 15 or 20 30 minutes before your your game to go over the uh the actual parts of this game yes yeah exactly like, what is the premise of what we're doing yeah like do cat like the um gauntlets cats thing which austin will definitely link in this which again stands for what now uh 
four different things. Don't worry about it. It'll be in the link. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's cat. Uh, nope. Don't don't even remember the C. Two, two in the link. One in the stink. There you go. Um, but no, it's it's a it's an acronym that means something. And uh, you go over that or anything. Just at least the what the the actual drive of the the campaign is doing, and go over that with everybody. And like, if you're not playing a character that is kind of uh, aligned with that then maybe that's not the character you want to play in this particular game. Save them, put them in your pocket, Yes. play them another time, and now come up with another character that will really want to play this actual game. Yeah, so CATS stands for concept, aim, tone, subject matter, end of of list, sorry. Um, Yeah, concept being the pitch, you pitch the game, what's the, I always describe it as what's the elevator pitch, of the game, of like, what's the game about? If you had to sell this as a TV show to an executive and you only have a minute to give them the idea in the elevator, what's that? Yeah. Then what's the aim? Explain what the players are trying to accomplish. Can someone win? Can everyone lose? Are we trying to tell a specific type of story? Then tone. Is it serious? Is it gonzo? Is it action? Is it drama? And then subject matter. Um, explain what ideas might be explored during gameplay. Do Just they make like any trigger couple? warning that, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so... That stuff can work. Years and years ago, in probably 2000... Don't say year, they're going to age us. Yeah, <laughs> 2000 something. Uh, 2000 and Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, Barack Obama may not have been president yet, I don't know. Uh, but, <sighs> but so we played this Rome game. Like we played a, um, a Vampire the Masquerade game that Lee ran and it was set in ancient Rome. Ooh, I didn't play that thing. And it was it was really cool. And the idea was that all of our characters were a part of this cult. And the deal was Lee basically said all of your characters are part of this cult and you've all bought into mm-hmm. it. Nobody disbelieves in the cult. Nobody's not a member of the cult. Nobody's trying to pretend that they're in the cult. All of you are in the cult. Um I thought that that was interesting. That was the first time that anyone had set up a game where the character, the type of character was so specified. And I thought that that was great because it it very specifically said, like, this is the story we're telling. It involves this cult and the goals of this cult. Yeah, that's, like, advanced. Yeah, for sure. That's very highly recommended. And so we have... Even, like, a and d thing, like, you're all part of a party now. You've been adventuring... This is not your first adventure. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Even if, like, don't start in a tavern. Just start in the dungeon. I'm okay with starting in a tavern, but one of the things that we have to, I, fi- I think, have it out there is you guys are looking for adventures. If you're like, I'm not looking for adventures. I'm looking to do something else. Awesome. That character can do that other stuff. Make a new character who's interested in adventures. Right. This this is a dungeon world thing. They say don't, don't start in a tavern. Start at the... At the door, the door of the, the dungeon. dungeon. I don't I fully that. agree with I that. I love that. I fully support their, I, their point of view, but Austin, tell I, me. I try to, and the Dungeon World games I've run, you can see there's a pattern. Um, we, we start on the way to the dungeon where the party is already amassed and already working towards this thing, so we know that they're going there, and then we flash back to how you got this quest. Right. But Flashing so, back is fine, but I think starting at a dungeon and having the dungeon, like, this is the game we're playing, 
the first session, especially like if you're doing a one shot, that's kind of different. But if you're doing a, a little campaign or something, mm-hmm. having the first session be a dungeon, even if it's a very short dungeon, it's like two rooms or something. You get your treasure and get out. Um, totally fine. Uh, and then you do the back, like the backstory uh, later. That'll work. And I and I think. The deal here is it speaks to the idea that the characters need to be motivated to take part in the story. Like, um, mm, yeah, keep keep going. Like, I might disagree with you, but you might convince me otherwise. I'm going to use Star Wars again. I know I talked about it. it for a long time. I'll try to keep it short. Luke Skywalker does Talk not want Darth Maul again. I know Darth Maul is there and he's jerking off on Qui Gon. <laughs> Jizz. Oh um, my god. Uh, but so Luke Skywalker doesn't want to take part in what's going on. He's made to take part in it. <clears throat> um, if he still was instead like, no, I want to stay here and bury Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru and rebuild the moisture farm. Right. And yeah. then you've got f- fucking Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan Kenobi being like, no, you have to. Uh, come on, kid. Fucking let's go. Like, he, right. like um, that would be but, kind of annoying. Han right. Solo is game to take part in what's going on. He doesn't care about their quest, but he wants money, and they promise to pay him, so he'll get involved in that. The people who are most committed to the quest are Obi-Wan and R2-D2. Yeah. <laughs> like, they are wholeheartedly committed to the quest. Right. Um, one from the very beginning, and the other once he learns what R2-D2 has to tell him. So they're wholeheartedly committed the whole time, Luke is persuaded and then doesn't have anything to lose and wants an adventure. The deal is, though, if you have characters who are unwilling to take part in these things, they're bad. They're bad character types. Right. And like, and in that case, you need to ditch it. So I think that the cats thing that David had mentioned, even if you don't go that fully, what is this about? Are we going into a dungeon and exploring that dungeon? Well, if you have a character who's like, I would never go into a dungeon ever. There's no reason for me ever to do that. I won't do it, period. Well, then this character they doesn't. They don't yeah, do they it. don't. They make a character who does. You, you win, yeah. and they don't. Yeah. And now make a character that does. And that's, and that's a good way to put it, I think, is to be like, that character wins. That character is successful in not going right. into the dungeon. But their twin brother, like, yeah. he, who doesn't have the proclivity of not wanting to go into a yeah, dungeon, exactly. what's his deal? Um, so I think that that's, and I think that that's an important thing is having a reason, a willingness to take part in the story, and that willingness can be um, begrudging. You can yeah. have a character who's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to get involved in this. Like an easy stereotype of that is like a Frodo. Yeah, Frodo doesn't really want to go on this adventure, and he kind of gets... like, I have to, yeah. okay. Or the character who's like the retired samurai. I don't... I've done these things before. I don't want to come out of retirement. I don't blah, blah, blah. And now, well, I have to. I'm gonna... This, this is my last day, and then I retire tomorrow. Yeah. Every cop ever. They keep pulling me back in every time I try to get out. So you've got that situation. This, all right, just one last. You know what? I I said I was done, but one last job. The score is too big. There's a game about that. Yeah. So you've got those kind of characters, but even then, you can't say no. I I don't want to participate. And I think as a GM, you need to make clear to the PCs or to the players when you make your character, when you make your PC. This is really a like, a, a player advice 
episode. It is a player advice episode, but I think also it's a GM advice episode because when you're running a game, if there's well, a player the GM, not doing GM, you should really this. point at them if they're not doing it right and just mm-hmm. like do it better. Yeah. Because the player should really be like, you're bad. Yes. Stop doing this. Mm-hmm. The player should really be doing um, the work here, right? Um, they should be thinking of a way to, if they want to play in your game and you've really um, explained the uh, premise of this game well enough, which I feel shouldn't take too much work. <laughs> like, we're, we're going into the Mines of Moria. It's it's a fantasy dungeon. Like, ancient dwarves were there. Oh, my gosh, it's so scary. Uh, what character do you want? Like, it should be easy for someone to pick. Like, if they were, um, well, I don't know. I, I'm a person who hates dwarves, and I would never go into anything that a dwarf would go If you're like, I'm touch. a mermaid. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, like okay. I'm, uh, a, I'm a space alien who's never touched foot on Middle Earth, or any Earths. Mm-hmm. It's like... Well then, this is not this is not the game for you. I think. Yeah, and I think as as a as a GM, you have to be open enough with your players to say, "Hey, this is the concept of the game. And put that out there." The sea and the cats. Yeah, and don't if they come up with a character concept that will not work with it, Ooh, change it up. I remember as that's a, a good piece of advice. Like as, it's, as, it's hard to say no, but it, you gotta. It is it is hard to say no, and you might instead need to say, "Well, rather than that, what if?" Hey, How if can you're we playing an Avatar game? Maybe we say no to a super spy. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. No uh, need to give more uh, information on that. So, so that's one thing. Is like make sure you have a character that is willing to take part in what the hell the game is. Is half of it. Um, and and like be okay with like putting your foot down. Like um, this is a really cool character concept, but. Maybe not for this game. Like, hold in your pocket, maybe next game, you know? Right. Some character concepts are really cool, They're like based, but they're based on an image. They're based on this idea that you pulled out of a comic book or something like that. And so you say, like, oh, my character is um, this traveling musician ninja. And so I... <laughs> or traveling musician assassin. And so I show up... Thank God you I get specified. A, I get a job... I play a song about them, and then I go to kill them, I play them a song, and then I murder them. Like, that's what my character is all about. It's like, okay, well, we need you to go get this gold from the dungeon. My character doesn't do that. Throw that. you got to adjust that character. Don't try to force them into your game because it doesn't work out. And, like, as a player, if you have, like, the coolest idea for a character, like the, the ninja salesman. Ninja salesman. Um... Maybe just keep hello, it. Hello, hello, ma'am. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't talk. I, I don't like to talk when my husband's not here. Oh, that's okay. Have you ever run into a situation where there's samurai about and you need to deal with them? I'm a ninja salesman. You got it. <laughs> Maybe that character is so cool that you want to keep it. And, like, don't try and force it into a um, game that doesn't work into yeah. it. Save, save, honestly, save the character for a better game. I have like 17 characters that I'm just sitting on forever. It's fine. They love it. Um, they love to be sat on. It's part of their thing. Yeah. I've part, put that into part of their background, so now they love it. Mm-hmm. But no, like trying to force them, force a character that doesn't really fit into a game that is cool, but like not exactly right, like often doesn't doesn't work. Just it's it's more interesting, like usually, 
Like, you can come up with a new character based on the concept just by almost randomly bullshitting stuff. Like, you don't even have to come up with a super interesting concept. Yes, and that's, and that's, um, huh. This is a side thing. I, we haven't even gotten to the second, the second point here. We're still Oops. on the first one. But <laughs> backstory. Don't think that you... Backstories are awful. I think they can be a lot of fun. And I can remember in the past writing these long backstories for characters. And then either A, it never comes up uh, because it's not relevant to the game that we're playing. Or I was annoyed that it did... Well, it never came up. And then I was annoyed that it didn't came, didn't It didn't come up. So I would suggest to tell your players, like, don't worry about that. You can come up with some backstory stuff, but don't be bothered if that doesn't come up. But if it if you did come up with these things, see if you can mention them. And as a GM, when players do mention those things, if they say like, oh, you know, I came from a really big family. Well, who asks them to do stuff? Uh, Their brother, their sister, cousin Earl, whoever it is, they're the ones who show up. They're the ones who are in danger, like that kind of thing. Um, They're the ones who are trying to tempt them, don't do this, do this other thing instead. If you've got a character who used to be part of this elite unit of blah, 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 think about it like Rambo. Who shows up to talk to Rambo? It's his old commanding officer who shows up at the end. Was that uh, Brian? Never saw these movies. Uh, okay. Ne- never mind. Um, but yeah. like Not masculine that, enough for these. That, that's the deal. Is uh, like this, the background ends up working out. So if you've got a but person who you wants know to write writers that. writers did not think of that. Like, they came up with that as they're writing this. What? Was that the first movie? In Rambo? Yeah. Well, in, which was just called, I think, First Blood. First Blood? Yeah. Was that was that it? I mean, it, it ends command, with... His commanding officer was part of his backstory or whatever? Well, at the, at the end, his commanding officer is the one who basically talks him down and, like, yeah. convinces him to stop killing the, like, local cops in this small town. Rambo is way different than I thought it was. I've never seen any of these the, movies. The first, the first Rambo movie is is really intense. They took it. They they took it. They, it it changed. Interesting. Okay. It was not. It was not meant to be this. Like here's this crazy character who is like a super soldier. Like he is that, but it's basically like the first movie has been described to me almost as a slasher movie, but where the slasher is the protagonist. A, the protagonist who's a guy with like PTSD who's bit like like. Like can't deal with anything except through violence. That's a way better explanation than anything I've heard. But anyway, <laughs> so this kind but, of but doesn't yeah, make if, sense. If, but if, if you've got that backstory... I say don't come up with any backstory. It's come up with as little backstory as you possibly can as, as a player. As a player, specifically. Um, come up with the basic premise and then maybe one or two details and then don't worry about how they get there until they come up in play. Yeah, I for the most part I would agree with you. When, in the times that I have come up with a lot of backstory for my character, I have been bothered that either it never comes up or... And that's the player's fault. For the most part I would agree with you. However, if a person does come up with this backstory, as a GM try to use some of it. Nah. I, I say no. I, I dis- see I'm, that, I'm gonna di- I disagree. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I say um, the if um, if you come up with one sentence um, backstory as a player, or like 
15 pages of backstory, it doesn't matter. Um, not my, as the person running it, not my problem to deal with. It's your problem, your prerogative, maybe, is the better way to say that, um, as the player to bring this up in in uh, the game. I agree with you there. I think that it's you. You need to bring your stuff up. The dilemma you can run into is, as the player, you'll often feel like you don't have the power to bring those things in. Yeah, that that depend, and that that's a good that's a good advice for the GM. Like when there's a character that um, you you don't know the identity of, like it doesn't matter. Like, oh, here's someone who was um, burning down inns or something. Who knows what's happening in D and D? Hey. Um, does anyone have someone in the background that could, or, or maybe a like? Oh, you in particular, you here, uh, Austin. Um, who, who do you think you know this arsonist? Who is it? I think that is a good idea. Is p- ask a character based on your back, based on your idea for your character. Who, who is someone from your past who this could come up? Um, I feel like people running games have so much homework already that if you give them any homework on top of it for me i'm just like no done i'm not reading any of it like this is all you can write as much background as you want and it's really interesting and cool and probably good like to uh flesh it out for yourself like i think that's a that's a whole other conversation too like that's really good like for me as a player to just write it out even if i throw it all out and delete it but anyway um, it's all up to you as a player to bring it up during play, because I'm not going to, like as a the person running it. You know, does that yeah. make sense? When we would play L5R in high school, one of the things that a lot of characters would do L5R and the Vampire Vampire the Masquerade and a lot of systems had a situation of like advantages and disadvantages. So you could, yeah, when you were uh, a when, I hate. <laughs> yeah, they, it's not the best. So when you were creating your character, you had a certain number of points to spend on all of your stats and this and that, and one of the things that you could do is you could buy advantages. And these are things like, oh, my character is super tall, or my character is super beautiful, or my character has a connection, like they have a cousin who's in the royal court, or like whatever it might be. In the vampire game, like, oh, my character is I got super... big old teeth. I, I got these big, luscious, fat-ass teeth. Um... <laughs> They're so thick. They're so long. Yeah. So no, but like my character is super ancient or something like that. Sure. Like they have like they're a lower generation and at least you have to spend like edition. twenty points on that. Right. So you could do that kind of stuff, and you could buy all these things. You could also though buy disadvantages, and disadvantages were bad things about your character. Oh, my one, character's missing arm. an arm. I'm missing an eye. Uh, my character. I'm only a, I'm only left sided. I'm only left-sided. Uh, like my character has. Let's give me twenty points. So I one of one of the most common ones that we encountered that I always thought was problematic was haunted. My character is haunted, and in a lot of these, in both L5R and Vampire the Masquerade, and I know Vampire the Masquerade inspired a lot of the stuff in L5R. Um, in the haunted disadvantage was basically like, oh, you have these dreams, these nightmares that bother you. And the deal was that people would often choose that because it was a one or two point disadvantage. And it was up to the GM to deal and with it, not it was, yours. Right, it was up to the GM to then tell, 
like to deal with that situation. Yeah, stupid. And the reason Terrible you would design. buy disadvantages is because every point of disadvantage you got gave you an additional point to spend on other stuff. So you'd be like, oh, now I really want to raise my strength mm -hmm. one more yeah. one more point, but I'm one That's... point off. Oh, I'll get haunted. And because the idea is like, oh, the GM has, the person running the game has so many things to deal with. I'll just get haunted, and my character will regularly wake up. That's a that's that's a terrible design right there. It's it's very bad. In those games, don't do it. <laughs> well, a don't do it. But if you're a person who's choosing that, as a player, you should be. Every time Bring your character, yeah, yeah. Every time your character goes that's to mean. sleep, um, you should be dealing with like, oh, I'm. Ghosts. Matlock, play with this mouse. Um, <laughs> like, I'm dealing with these nightmares and dealing with these problems. Um, as the it's, GM... It's like up to the up to the player to remind the GM of these things. Right, they need to remind them. But if you're the GM and somebody has and that situation, them, yeah. I, I think that point-by system is kind of a flawed Stupid, way to, yes. to do stuff. I used to love I it. it. I thought it was super cool, but now I, I don't like it. But if, yes. if that point by system is something that you're dealing with, one of the things you could do so is to just kind of say... you got to make them all role-playing related or all mechanical related. You can't mix them up. I agree with that. I could, I could see that being a way to deal with that. Um, I was going to say, if you're the GM and someone chooses that, and you say, you have to remind me of this stuff, instead of, um, hey, you get an initial character creation you get these extra points, say, no, 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 when we deal with this and it matters in the game, then you'll get something. Oh, okay. You won't get something in the beginning of the game. That's interesting, because they kind of, uh, at least in L5R, right, They don't they translate into experience points? They're kind of like, there's a specific this many character points equal this many experience points or something? Yeah. That could be, that'd be interesting, yeah. But they... I, I think that that's a better way to do it. So if you're worried yeah. about the mechanical aspect of some of those things, that, when you have a character like a who has like, it. oh, this is my type of character, I'm... And then they're choosing things that are just these mechanical aspects where they think you're going to forget about it. It won't come up. So Instead say, well, rather than that help you now, it will help you later when it comes up. And I think the players that would choose that just to help them out early on will be like, never mind. And they'll, they'll bail on. Right. I know now, like, the, the newer edition, it's based on the, um, the, fi the uh, Fantasy Flight one, where I think they... Above IR? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a smarter system where when you have a disadvantage that comes up, you get, like, extra dice to use immediately. So it's like they may have designed their way better into that. Maybe. Who knows? But like they, their just advantages give you an immediate re, like a, a reward. And it's up. To, I assume it's up to you, but maybe it's up to the GM or you or whatever. But uh, I feel like when it's when you're getting the immediate dice to use in the in like a dice pool, it's got to be up to you as a player. I don't know this. Hmm, I don't know the uh, the rule system very well. The new one, so maybe I'm just speaking out of my ass, but. I think uh, it's up to the player to bring up their disadvantage advantages. Like if they're haunted, like oh, and the ghost like really taunts me, and they're like, "You better 
win this tournament against the samurai, you're you're just like such a laughing stock. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'm so like depressed. Like I feel this need to really uh, impress this ghost. So that that gives me like a D eight. The Nicolas Cage movie impress the ghost. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's how they do it now, but I don't know if that's the perfect solution, but mm, I don't know. All right. Well, to hit on our second thing. Oh, my God. Is this this the um, story arcs? Yes, a willingness to change. So we had a a person who was one of our regular players who hopefully will play with us um, again, um, and he... Is he recorded on any of them? What's up? Is he recorded on any of them? No. He moved away way before we started recording anything. Oh, well, he's great. He's a great player, great GM. He's a, yeah. he's a stand-up guy. But one of the things that we... Disagreed. I know I disagreed with him. I can here's, see from our discussions... He's a stand-up guy, and here's why he's an idiot. <laughs> no, but the... Uh, was on the idea of character arcs. And basically... I think it's important that when you create a character, you have an idea for how this character could change. When you have a concept of a character, how could this character change through a game? Yeah, I think could is the the big like a uh, thing to stress there. Right. Cuz it could go this way and but be open to other ways. Right. And the first person who I encountered who did this was you, David. Um, in well, this vi- I'm a trendsetter. I know. A regular jet set in Jezebel. <laughs> uh, the- Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, the first game... Um, one of the... Oh, shit. That is the first game we played. Was the Orlando Vampire Josiah? Game. You played Josiah, or Job. Oh, well, he turned um, into Job. Yes. So, he we played a Vampire the Masquerade game... And David's character was a Lasombra, in case that matters to anybody. But Everyone could, knows him. Yeah, they're every, everybody knows. They're applauding. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, those shadow to cloak of darkness. Fuck <laughs> yeah. So Sounds like Lasombras. Yeah. Um, he was a Lasombra, and one of the things that was cool that you did was basically say, my character is this super kind of timid, super religious, conservative person. Who mm-hmm. that now that they are a vampire, you essentially I forget you didn't express this all as one thing, but you said very soon afterwards like the idea that this like was oh like at the beginning of our friendship too so I think yeah. it, it was like uh, these long nights working together and I'm like I think I want him to be like turn evil I think like they, I want him to be like the 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 heel turn like. So I'm totally okay with it being evil. And I remember one time, like, one of the the things we did, it was, like, uh, it wasn't, like, their grounding baby powder, like, fetuses into powder. Yeah. It's, like, some super dark-ass thing. Yeah. You will lose, like, 17 points of humanity. or I forget how this game works exactly, but you'll lose a lot of points of humanity if you do this. I'm like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. And 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 that's where he kind of got his change, I think. Yeah, and that, but that was great to me because it was... It kind of expedited my, my change, but it was but, perfect. But it was different than I how I had ever encountered people before. In the past, not encountered people before, but encountered people in regard to their characters. In the past, when I had run games or played games, you had your idea for a character, and that premise was static. Mm-hmm. 
And so you say, you know, I'm a pirate who's got a hook for a hand, and he's obsessed with macaroni. And that's what you're focused on. And like, I'm it, playing that character next. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> macaroni beard. Uh, but yeah, so you would have a character. Captain Macaroni Sound. Yeah, Macaroni Jack. So you would have this character, and the premise would be static. The idea would be this character idea is so awesome. I will be that character through all of these different dungeons and adventures and dragons and the like. And that's this right, idea. Okay, interesting. And so to me, the idea of saying from the get-go, my, not my character will change, not accepting that your character has changed over time, but instead from the very beginning say, I would kind of like my character to change in this way, I thought was amazing. I thought that was really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And it changed how I thought about characters in these games, especially, well, particularly PCs were the main characters of the story of like okay these characters should have an arc things should change about them not just their stats and not just their experience points and how much loot that they have yeah. but instead the character's goals the character's outlook on life who they are as a character that shit should change Luke Skywalker goes from being this farm boy and we'll see farm boy this too. farm boy who doesn't even want to go on the adventure yeah. Um, who gets kind of like, uh, I don't want to say Scruffy nerf herder. He's a regular nerf fucker. Um, Th that's different. <laughs> oh, God. No, but he's he's like a guy who's like, okay, Uncle Owen, you're right. I shouldn't even go into town because we have to get the carbon scoring off this droid. You're yeah. right. I got to do my chores. A ho-hum. A boo-boo-boo-boo. To... Hey, skeleton idiot. I'm a Jedi master now. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm going to... He's throwing... Fucking... Jump around over his yeah, shoulder and, and go crazy, and then eventually drinking blue blue milk right yeah, out of the source. He's sucking weird milk out of that green thing. milk at that point, and and that creature looked sapient, so it looked like at any point that, that was his girlfriend. That creature could have been like, "It's a living." We know. Anyway, <laughs> that, yeah, that was the thing that wasn't revealed in uh, um, Last Jedi was that he and that creature had been fucking for years. He'd been gone for, like, 30 years. <laughs> there are a bunch of, like, little Mark Hamill, that creature, kids hanging around on that island. That's what those weird nuns are. Um, oh, God. No, so... That porks? change... That, are you changing porks for me now? <laughs> that change... They're so cute. ...is great. The friend that we had, who we... Um, who had played games with us a lot, had a very different take on the, this idea. His idea was that characters do not need an arc. They do not need to change. That you can have a character who doesn't change, doesn't develop. Um, they might develop mechanically in a role-playing game, but they don't need an arc. They don't need to change. I have never disagreed with somebody else's philosophy on role-playing games. And just in that capacity, not in his whole thing. But that idea I disagree with so much. Here's what I'll say. There are characters who don't need to change. There are characters who don't need an arc. They're NPCs. And even then, interesting NPCs probably should have an arc. Darth Vader fucking has an arc. He's not, he's not exactly in it. Yeah. Like like if if you're if you're not looking if you're looking at just Luke Han and Leia as the PCs of that game, Darth Vader has an arc. Yeah, he's not really in it. 
But right. yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. All right, so I've spent way too much money on um, how stories are made. Um, so, like, how, like, the interesting part about stories is how things change, right? Like, the whole thing about a story, if you think about it, if you break it down, like, as much as you possibly can, like, a story starts in, like, w one situation, kind of, right? And then we get kind of the, uh, um, I don't know, the impression of what, what's happening in this, in this one situation, and then something crazy happens, and then we see how this situation is now. After the change, is it totally different? Is it exactly the same? We don't know, right? That That's kind of like the whole thing about a story, right? Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm explaining this well. I understand that stories inherently involve like conflict and change, yeah. Right, so even if you don't change, it's like you have to have the conflict in the middle to be, um, well, we had conflict and we decided to keep it the same, right? We, we decided to keep the status quo, I guess, in that situation. But there's almost no story that's like status quo, status quo, status quo, status quo, status quo, status quo, the end. Like, that's just the most boring, like, like there's no, like, as, I don't know, maybe as humans, perhaps, I don't know if I want to. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be as pretentious as that. Like as humans, I feel like you can't have like an interesting story without something, kind of, trying to go against the status quo. Sure. And it's okay if it the status quo comes back to where it is. Like that's superhero stories basically. Like every superhero superhero story is, um, we're gonna change the status quo, but they don't. And they keep the status quo as safe as possible. That's every superhero story if you think about it, which is that's fine. Uh, nothing actually changes, but um, a lot of fantasy stories and everything else, um, you have a status quo. Something crazy happens, and then you change it into some degree. And that's like epilogues are very interesting for that, like game gaming wise. Because um, a lot of the time, the uh, you know the protagonists, the players of these games, are the ones changing the status, the the status quo. Status quo. The status quo. I, I'm from Fargo. Nope. Ooh, I'm real good at accents. You boy. Oh Ooh, boy. boy. Does that make any sense? I feel I'm, I'm probably rambling. You, you need you need that conflict. You need change for something really interesting to happen. Um, that even if the character comes back to kind of an equilibrium of where they were, you needed that conflict. My right. idea would be that my thought as a GM is when you are talking to players, right, to push them to where do you think this character can change? How do you think this character can change? And like ask them that earlier on. Yeah. Um, so that way, if, if not at character creation or session zero, then ask them early in the game. So that way the idea is, oh, well, I either should have my character change or my character resisting this change should be a conflict of in itself in the yes. story. Like and resist, so, resisting change is definitely like a, like a character point. Like that's, like I said, like a... Keeping the status quo is also like a character trait, yes, and like an interesting conflict. 
when everything else is trying to change the status quo and you're the one that's stopping it. That's like literally, you're a superhero. That's basically a superhero story. We had, um, when we were kids and we were in high school playing uh, Vampire the Masquerade, um, a friend of ours played a character who was supposed to be kind of a very, in the Vampire the Masquerade system, there's a... Did he have fangs? He had fangs. <laughs> uh, he, in the Vampire the Masquerade system, one aspect of the game mechanically is humanity. How human are you? And so when you do certain things, it undermines your humanity and makes you more kind of this monster. Um, there are certain things you can do and it's can't do. It's like a hit do. point value. It's, it's, a va it's this value, yeah. And I actually think that system is pretty cool and pretty interesting. Do I think we ever handled it well? No, I don't think so. But one of the things that... Well, I had a baby powder thing and I lost like half of them. <laughs> one of the things... Um, <laughs> Sorry, about spit that, all over you. Yeah. Was we, that, we're vaccinated. That we're was done. interesting. Was uh, one of the players, he would bring up these issues of like his humanity and what to do, but he would never do anything about it. And an unfortunate thing was, it always seemed like he was just kind of, the way he was explaining it was like, oh, the character's just kind of lazy, so he won't do whatever. And a lazy character is, is not very interesting. interesting unless the issue is what can make this lazy person get off their butt and do whatever. And I as a GM, I as the person running the game, never directly addressed, hey, you say that you're a person who's interested in retaining your humanity and staying much more human, doing far fewer of these kind of animalistic, bestial, monstrous things that, as a vampire, is a creature that sucks blood for right. to stay alive, <laughs> like that you will often do. You're interested in not doing that stuff. I never pushed this player to confront that stuff. I never pushed the conflict. So if you have a character who doesn't have an arc, see if you can figure that out. Now, I will Just say... Just get, get their drive, I think. Yes. Figure out what is... What is the motivation for the character? Now, I will say there's a however in this. Okay. There are players who are just along for the ride. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There are players who are just along for the ride. If you listen to our L5R game, Tone's character was kind of a great example of this. He was, he was a great, kind of, great player, but... He was just... Yeah. He was willing to do whatever. It was a great... It was great... He was not super invested in, like, changing or changing the environment. He wasn't invested in changing the environment, messing with his character, exploring his character's deeper motivations. And so, if you've got a character a like that... <laughs> he was briefly a chef. Uh, if you've got a, char a player who is not... Who, like, they're here... They're, they're down to, to, to play. They don't want to do this stuff. Maybe this is more of a social thing for them. Or DCP. maybe they're... Maybe they're in... Yeah, they're down to play. Maybe they're a newer player who's just kind of experimenting with this stuff. In that case, if you feel that that's what's going on, I'd say, in that case, don't push them. I don't know. I, I think um, if, you, if you kind of... Um, I don't know if you did this with Tone or not, but... Um, if I have more of a suggestion of, for it in a minute, but yeah, go for it. Gotcha, yeah. If you encourage them to kind of come up with a drive for their character, like, what does your character want? Like, think about what your character wants. 
it doesn't... Don't worry about the logic. If they want to be the best chef in Rokugan, whatever. Like, that didn't really... That would be a kind of a cat's issue. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe that wouldn't fit with the, uh, you know, the tone of the uh, game. But, like, think about, like, what that player... Like, try, and try, to, try to work with them about, like, what does your character want? What does their drive? What are they actually trying to do? I think that's a lot about how um, character arcs work, right? Like, you're trying to come up with, um, as a, so, f- oh my god, sorry sorry to be so rambly, but, like, from a player perspective, if you're coming, if you're trying to think of, um, like, an arc, like, what um, is your goal? And think about how, what's the best course of action from your goal, and what's the worst kind of action from your goal, like, uh, my character in the... Um, the vampire thing like um my best case scenario would be like i would be um like the the paladin like light like sun vampire who like um destroyed all of other vampires with their holiness right would be the maybe the thing that this character wanted or i could be like I'm going the the darkest way possible, and it's like, well, you know what? I could really uh, get really into this vampire stuff and just be as dark as I possibly can. Just be like, um, you know, the fallen angel kind of thing. See, I I would say, I don't want to say it's the opposite of what you just suggested, but it might be. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say you're an idiot, dude. Yeah, but shut. <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> no, um, I think, and I, I did this with Tone, and I, in this capacity, I liked him being in the game because I think his character didn't have this big, he didn't have an arc. He didn't have an arc of like, here's how I feel my character is changing. He didn't have significant goals. He came up with this idea of like, hey, I'm a Crane Clan duelist. I'm kind of a hedonist. He had project thrown out the idea that he has like goals he never really did my suggestion would be if you've got a character like that they're the blank slate and you actually have an advantage in that it may not tell the world's best story for that character but it'll allow you to get to elements of the rest of the story that other people might not be able to do if you think about game of thrones there are places where Jamie Lannister, he's never going to go. There are places where Tyrion's never going to go. But if you have a character who's just like, I'm just down to do whatever, whatever you guys want. Like, well, hell, then you go there, and now we see that this is what's happening in this particular place, and we can get that information out. So that can work. Hmm. It doesn't tell Maybe. the world's best story. But if you've got one character who's doing that, you have an advantage. And if you've got a player who they're not interested, and that's the big thing. They're not int- maybe, and I'm not saying that this was tone. We never really talked with them about it, and I regret this. But if you've got a player who's not interested in an arc, you've got a player who doesn't have real specific goals for their character. If that's the case, well, the good thing is they're a blank slate. Let's see what we can do with them, where you keep throwing them into all these different situations. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, my friend. Uh, I don't disagree with that. That that's like 
I think that would that would totally work, right? I think uh, what I would do if I were running that game, not, not trying to like that totally works, like what you said. I think what I would try to do is um, try to find their goal. Like, what would be interesting in this game? Like, just tell tell me what you think would be cool for you. Might be like, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think like a sushi cook-off. Yeah. I'm like. Okay, interesting. That doesn't really fit the thing, but you know, I could probably, I could probably work that in. That could, I could think about some things about that. And uh, like, yeah, maybe it's like not the best player for like your exact t like tone of stuff going on, but like, I would try to find out what they were interested in and work. Um, some kind of at least subplot, if not like full plot, like uh, into what they were interested in, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, yeah, if you can, if you can do that. Yeah. The issue is what I'm saying is if you've got players who they're just along for the ride, and there are some players who get kind of squeamish right. at the table yeah, when sure. you push yeah. them to do those other things. In that case, the, the, the good thing is. Since they don't have this arc, since they don't have these goals, you can put them wherever and have them right. deal with what's going on and have it get to other players' things and then wrap them up and tangle them up in other players' goals mm -hmm. and other players' storylines. And then, yeah, they might not be super in invested in this, but the another player is, and now the other player working with them helps them to be at least socially more invested. Yeah, that, that's a really good point you bring up, like, at the table. That's, like, very important. Um, I feel like maybe after the game, or, like, um, you know, when everyone's, like, packing up, or even, like, on text or email after the after the situation's happening, just, like, oh, um, maybe that's the time you say, what are you really interested in? What, like, goals are you doing? And if they don't really come up with anything interesting, like, what other players' goals, like you just said, mm -hmm. um, which is genius, um, what other goals of the other players are you really interested in and kind of tie them into those? That's yeah. super smart. Like, And even if it's, if, even, and you can, the way you can put that is not even would fit with your character, just what do you think is the coolest? Exactly. Like, as a player, not necessarily as a character, yeah. tailor it for them because to kind of give them buy-in, you know, like uh, kind of give them more... Um, reason to kind of love your game, right? Yeah. Does that, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. All right. The last couple things that we have, I have, and this is the stuff that was most difficult for me to figure out what the hell I meant. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> I said... Focus on me. Uh, focus on me. So I'm going to skip to that one. I'm going to go to focused on concept. A bad idea. This is a counterexample for player character types. If you've got this concept, if you've got this idea that you want to express, especially about the real world, and you want to express this and explore this, if you don't talk to the person running the game about how this will be portrayed, you might be disappointed when it doesn't come up. In that DMA game that we played years and years ago, right? Um, I remember I was learning all this stuff about 
Darfur and the genocide in the Sudan and like all this stuff. And so I made a character who had like survived that and emigrated to the United States. Um, and the GM didn't really know all of that information. Right. The Don't expect the person running the game to do this homework on this because right. they've got a lot of other shit going on. And even though that, I wrote... That comes back to the backstory. Like, it's up to you to bring up your backstory. Right. And so when I was... When that wasn't coming up, I was like, oh, well, this character is not really getting explored the way he should be getting explored. And it's like, well, he's not going to because the person running the game... They're not into this topic. Also, the other thing is, if it's a serious topic, and I remember we played another game um, that Carl ran where there was a, a player who made a character who was homeless and he wanted to deal with um, like some really serious issues about like homelessness and mental health. And it's like, if you're going to deal with this stuff that's especially a nuanced, complicated, serious thing, make sure the person running the game is into that and down for that. And don't be upset if they're not as knowledgeable about as you about that topic. Like if I want to make a character who's totally into model trains and I'm like, David, you don't know H scale from HH scale, you stupid fuck. Oh my God. Like, like that that's a goofy example but if you have a character who's supposed to be someone who's got PTSD and i think like oh you're not handling PTSD the way this character would do that like that's if you're focused on this concept and you want to talk about this thing and deal with this real thing make sure the person running the game and honestly probably the other players right. are down for that because Otherwise, it either gets glossed over, gets dealt with in a way that you don't like, or especially if you're recording it, that somebody else doesn't like and they let you know about it oh, or no. let the internet know about it. Um, but, well, yeah, I think that that's, comes up. That's part of a uh, role playing as a conference, role playing as a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you should definitely, like, uh, don't ever hold some, like, any secrets to your chest just like especially as a role playing um just let everyone know like oh i think this person's dealing with ptsd and kind of this is how like uh the standard person deals with ptsd that's not the weirdest thing to bring up in a game i think right but i i also think if you're if you're talking about that and the other people maybe don't want to explore if they're not exploring it at the time mm-hmm it's not a failing of the game that that didn't come up. Right. If you okay. haven't discussed with the person running the game and with the other players, like, hey, my character is suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, and I think that that's important to them. If you brought all that stuff up and it doesn't come up, then yeah, we're fucking this up. But if you, and you're trying to bring it up. Oh, you just bring it up in a one-shot or something. It's like, that's kind of weird. Is that I, what you mean? No, I'm what, I'm, what I'm, no, I'm, I'm basically saying if you're run, if you're playing a game and you've got an important thing you want to deal with, again, let's deal with, uh, mental, mental health issue and home mental health issues and homelessness. Mm -hmm. So you have a character, you're trying to play a character who's homeless and they have mental health issues. A, 
I would say there's your uh, uh, fucking walking on a tightrope here with with mm-hmm. this because this is a serious thing. Do you want to play a game about it? Um, but don't expect other people to. Don't expect other people to deal with the nuances of these issues. And especially if you're a person who knows about this stuff a lot, don't expect other people to know about that or even to ask you about it. I think that that's a problem I've run into in games where I've had like a, a thing where I had a concept and I wanted to bring that concept up and I was upset other people didn't deal with it as much and it was because they weren't trying to deal with my character concept they were trying to deal with the fact that we were trying to discover who robbed this bank with their superpower with so-and-so's superpowers and they didn't get into my character's sudanese darfur backstory um interesting i don't know i feel that that's like maybe a cat's thing right like, oh, for sure. That's that, and that's part of what it is. Right. Is that if you want to develop this character as a player, like pen, like Penny for My Thoughts, right? Is about like freaking doing a deep dive into character traumas. That would be a good time to bring up. I'm a Darfur person. Well, pen, pen, well, Penny for Your Thoughts is also about like recovering memories. Right. So you're building all that stuff at the table. I'm just trying to think of a a game that's talking about like traumas like that that you're trying to bring up uh, what I, what i'm basically saying is don't do that unless you've discussed it with other people right. if you're going to okay. deal with a very serious subject or a very technical specific or detailed subject if other people are not on board for it and you've not gotten that buy-in from others mm-hmm. don't because either you're going to do the subject disservice or you're they're going to bother you that they never brought it up Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and so, so and as a GM, should, and as a GM, if somebody, if if somebody has like, oh, I remember a, uh, there there was a character there was a game <laughs> in that Orlando vampire game. Right, there was a player, um, that we had who she had this story that was like about With the worm. It was that player who had this like story about uh like backstory about like sexual assault and all these things about like them Mm. being abused Mm -hmm. as a child Mm -hmm. and this kind of stuff and she never brought this up to me but i didn't know how much she wanted that to come up if she wanted it to come up more and wanted it to be super important i never brought it up i never felt comfortable bringing it up so did i do her a disservice in not bringing that story up and I'm, what I'm saying is here, if you're a player and you're doing this stuff and you have an idea for this character, be sure to talk with the person running the game that this element fits with what's going on and that everybody's not only comfortable dealing with it, but also everybody is, um, like, they're aware of it and in a yes. narrative sense like, can bring it in. Um, yeah, and, I mean, this this diverging into like safety tools kind of thing like especially if you're playing with people you haven't played with a a lot Mm -hmm. or at all like we sometimes do yeah it's really important to um kind of set kind of boundaries you know like uh lines and veils and x card kind of stuff 
Like, um, do we should we explain that in this? Um, I think an easy way to do it. I mean, lines and veils. I actually like lines and veils. I think the X card is less useful. Mm -hmm. um, lines and veils, where you start out by just mentioning, hey, my line is I don't want any of this to go on in the game. This is my this is the line in the sand. Nobody crosses this. For instance, I don't want any violence against children. Mm -hmm. Like do whatever else. Kids are off limits. Yeah. And we've we've played games like that. Our Apocalypse World game, which was awesome. Yeah. Had a, it worked a out really well. had a line uh, a line which was violence against children not allowed. And I thought that was and that game was really good. And, and there was. That's almost a, another topic, because that's really good. Like, oh, I almost want you to cut this out, because, like, uh, like I I was able to come, like, nudge up against that yeah. really but, well. And then veils are, this happens, but it happens off screen. So we, we heard about this thing, it goes on. Um, but... No, the opposite. L lines, like, lines will never be... Right. And, and veils, veils are like, a thing that we heard. It, happen, it can happen, but it happens off screen. But we hear about it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually, you got it, yeah. So right. a lot of people, for instance, sex is an easy, is a big thing for a, a lot veil, of people yeah, that's a veil. a veil. Where characters can have sex, but we don't want to have a situation where you're talking about like, all right, then my heaving Damn. bosoms and blah, blah, right. blah. and like. Um, Some people do, though. I don't know. There, there are some it's, groups, I guess. It's, it's up to you. My... And I do agree this is a different topic. The way I'll connect it back to our game is sure. if you have a character who wants to get across an idea, express what that idea is that you want to get across early on. So then the yeah. person running the game can make that a feature of the game. For sure. Yeah, and not sense. you feel like, oh, um, my character was supposed to be about... Um, how racism is in the police department of the NYPD, and then that never yeah. came up. If you can come up with a drive as soon, like when you create the character, a lot of game systems nowadays, you know, like the the more recent ones, they put that into the character so that you will bring that up as soon as possible, like basically session zero. But um. If you're playing an older game, you should bring that up as soon as possible so that the GM knows, like, oh, we're kind of trying to hit these, you know, kind of themes. Yeah. So, long story short, again, as we've always Just said. Just talk to people. Talk to people. It's a conversation at Weird. the table. It's crazy. Um, talk to people and have our, fun. The That's name how of the fucking podcast should be games. conversation at the table. Talk um, to people. Have fun. Those are the role-playing game rules. Right. And... Roll some dice, maybe, if that's the game you're playing. Yeah. Maybe draw a card. I would also say that, as a player, you're encouraged to think about how this character could change. And as a GM, you should ask players, how could this character change? Right, yeah. Early on, so you get an idea. And if that changes, if that switches up, like, oh, I thought my character... And I'll give an example of this in the DMA game that we ran. We ran like a, a game where what if there were mutants X-Men style in the world, but some of them were FBI agents. And my character 
um, he was supposed to have this very my initial idea with him was I'm going to have this turn where he he goes from being this very kind of straight laced by the book cop to like a person who takes a much more left wing turn where he doubts the legitimacy of the elements of the FBI and like the state and he doesn't think um, that this is like the way to bring about justice or a better world and instead i did the opposite like the wiggle their microphone Uh, instead based on what happened you want more the character took a way more severe turn to like like no like um like a a fucking death wish character basically where he's like i gotta kill these these bastards yes the jury's just gonna but very important point like have have like a very important like point of your character that is up in the air, right? Like when you're making a character, think of one facet of their identity that could be changed and then think about two ways that could be changed. Like if it's uh you know, this way, uh way left or way right in this specific example. Yeah. And think about how that character could be and then play up to it, but also um, just let the dice roll, you know? Like, see see, maybe they, they'll go a way that you don't expect and allow that to happen. Yeah. It's super interesting. And I love so, it. And so I, I, I think that's the big thing is when you're creating a character, understand that they're going to change and that change is a good thing. Like, having a character who yeah. stays the same... Is, is bad. Boring. Like that's no good. It's boring. If yeah. we if we met Luke Skywalker and he stayed the same, th- the rest of the movie doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um. So that change is good. You you don't have to feel married to that change. It can, it, the change can change. And if you can think of a character that's interesting that hasn't changed, in their story, please please uh tell us below. Yeah, let us know. I'll um, I'll debate you. Yeah, you can send us an email, and it'll be an, it'll be cool to receive an email about the content of what we talk about, as opposed to the dick um, pics. No, uh, the constant emails I get that are from uh, web services that do like spell checks for websites, oh, and they're like, um, you wrong? said government, and I, and I'm like, oh, it was a joke where a redneck is saying government, and like, and they're like, yeah, um, right. you spelled it wrong. Anyway, government. Thanks for joining us for another exciting episode of This American Dice GM Advice. Please join us next week for even more exciting gameplay and game advice. If you can guess which one of the two of us was way more drunk than the other one, please feel free to write in. Perhaps you'll win something. Thanks again, folks. We will see you next week on This American Dice.